one of the things that's important at this time to do is to remember to dream. I can't believe how many people don't dream. Now they may have their list, but it still ends up becoming a, like, no, like dream, dream the biggest dreams you can dream, dream at night, daydream and stuff like that. So I often tell um, executives, leaders, uh, how I began very early at three and four dreaming that I was one of, there were just all these people, these sick people on the earth I drew, and we all had our hands on each other's heart. And in kindergarten, I announced that's who I was going to be when I grew up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Pursuit. I'm your host, Ben Spangle. And today, man, I'm so looking forward to our episode today. I think Anita's message is probably more needed in our time right now than ever before. I want to introduce you to Anita Sanchez. Anita is a Nahua, which we, most of us would know as Aztec, uh, Mexican-American as well, transformational leadership consultant, speaker, coach, author, and really what I'm excited to talk about, we're going to dive into some of this stuff today, but uh, international award-winning book, The Four Sacred Gifts, Indigenous Wisdom for Modern Times. And what I like about Anita's work, as you'll get to hear, is that really what she's done is she's really blending the latest science and how we can apply this in business too, blended with ancient wisdom and indigenous wisdom. And, and I'm excited about it. So Anita, thank you so much for your time. So glad to have you here today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my honor. I want to jump right into this stuff. I mean, I think right now we're going through some crazy times and transformational times, but there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of chaos right now. I've heard you talk about this. Um, and I just think it's such a great phrase and so true today is that we don't need more information, but we're seeking wisdom. We need more wisdom. And I really think that it's so true today because information, I mean, it's more prevalent there. We can get information on anything we've ever wanted, yet there's more depression, you know, more, more unrest right now, more health challenges. I mean, I just think it's a crazy time, yet there's so much information available. So can we jump right into maybe even talking about what's the difference between information and wisdom? Yes. Well, information, as you said, we're drowning in it. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, <laughs> I, I love being able to learn new things. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. what I'm, when we talk about wisdom, we're not just talking about there. We're talking about inside ourselves, inside mm -hmm. every being. We have this, this experience in knowing, not only from our own reality, our own experiences on our life, no matter what age you are, but also what came to us where we know from epigenetics has come through to us through our ancestors. So it's tapping into that, that uh, at this time, I think that's what we're hungering for. Because I don't know if you've seen this, but I know that people are running around going like, what am I supposed to do? This is overwhelming. What am I supposed to do? And I totally have compassion for that. I have moments like that. I told you, these kind of moments where my hair goes straight out, you know, <laughs> and that's part of being a human. But what I come back to, though, is that is to realize it's not at this time, it's, it's important to be about human doing. But in indigenous country, what we talk about is human beings. And this is what leaders, whether it's entrepreneurial leaders or big corporations or of your home or of your life, is that it's how you be. We're beings. And so that internal work is where you tap into the wisdom or you tap into the wisdom in nature or you tap into the wisdom, as I'm so honored you invited me, in the wisdom of indigenous elders from different traditions all over the world. That there, that is here, and but that wisdom is always being acknowledged as already is, and it's a matter of remembering, mm. relearning, getting the help you need to use it. Mm. Very different than information. 
so different than information. I think that just based on what you just described, I've noticed in my own life that I know when there's kind of that inner wisdom, it's just, it's almost feels like a, a feeling in, in the center of my heart, right? There's just a, a resonance there. Yes, uh, you yeah. got it. That's really what it is. And so sometimes when people are, are wondering, because there is so much disruption and division and, and not in a positive sense, any of it, mm-hmm. is, that, um, is that if we slow down and start with breath, with all of us can just start with this is sounds like some kind of is this hokey? Is it, no, we know this from brain science. We know this from indigenous elders. Start with breath, and if we just slow down and breathe deeply, but breathe down, and it's if you really take it deep, it's expanding your heart, and you will get to a place very quickly with just even a few breaths where you can be more present to what is rather than reactive to all of the, mm. the things that are happening outside of you. Yeah. I mean, it's quite interesting because I think breath work is, as you would know probably better than most, but I think it's so many, a part of many different indigenous cultures all over the world, isn't it? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Because every time we take a breath, as Mm -hmm. I learned growing up from my indigenous elders, Mm -hmm. is that that is the communal part already. We're always realizing we do Mm -hmm. nothing alone. And right now, I mean, so many people are going because they feel the weight of everything on them. And when we come to realize this, we do nothing alone. We don't breathe alone. I'm looking out here from Colorado. I'm in Boulder, Colorado, and there's trees out the window. And I think every breath I give gratitude because I'm giving it the carbon and it's giving me the oxygen. There's this reciprocity. Yeah. And so when we do that, we also know uh, hormonally we're bringing into stopping the the hindbrain from going crazy, the mind and bringing it and centering so that we can have good oxytocin, good hormones going at the same time. So mm-hmm. the indigenous wisdom and the modern science really work like this. Yes. Totally. So yes. Uh, I, it's, it's very exciting that yeah. we can call on all of it now because we really do need all, all of the wisdom we can find. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's so fascinating that it, it seems like more and more than ever today, science is starting to quote unquote prove you know, to the analytical part of us, what we've actually known for thousands of years, right? And 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 I just love it. And it's yeah. it's really uh, I they I think at one point in time it was almost antagonistic science and spirituality. Where now I I mean to me they're almost the same these days. At least becoming yeah. one, right? Yeah. No. No. More and more, especially the quantum physicists, mm-hmm. they're they're becoming, although you would think they would, they're becoming much more of a humble. Yes. And realizing you know there's some things we're not able to explain here. Uh, and the possibility, and then some of the things that indigenous people have been saying for some time, like, be careful of what you say, mm. be careful of what you even think, because once you say it or even think it, it is already going out. Now, our ancestors didn't talk about us as energy, but they had the sense that there was this motion, and mm. even in some of our languages, this motion that's happening with all life. And so what we know today, you know, from heart math and that, that even in a... Yeah eight to 14 foot radius, we're impacting each other's heart rate variability. Mm-hmm. So when people are in this, you know, doing business or trying to lead as things in their family and stuff, how we be become so critical mm-hmm. because we can transmit anxiety, pain, suffering very quickly, but we can also transmit calm curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, we can transmit the opening to collaboration all of those things. So we get to choose in every breath, as my grandmother used to say, in every breath and every thought, we have a choice. And that's not like a burden, but it's actually a joyful thing. 
and it's also a responsibility. Both are true. Hmm. You know, as you're listening to Anita, I know a lot of you listening, you're in business, you're entrepreneurs, and, and all of us are certainly in careers that we're engaged in. Um, but that idea of transferring energy and, and really who are you being, a human being rather than human doing. And I think as an entrepreneur, we often think maybe in some kind of sales or something like that, that, you know, you need to say the perfect words or the perfect presentation. And I think so much more is what Anita just talked about, but where are you coming from? What place of being are you coming from? Because whether you say the perfect thing or not, we all can intuitively feel the energy, right? Would you agree with that? That it's more a transference of energy? You got it. It is. It's your authenticity. People, people aren't looking for performance. I mean, there's some places when we turn on the TV, we want a pretty good performance. Right. But we, even when we watch that, why different kinds of uh, uh, Netflix and other things are booming is because it's becoming more and more about what really is. So it's not all slick and stuff, but rather where is your heart coming from? Mm. But I, would t- I have to tell you a quick story because it just happened to me again. So a lot of times I tell people one of the things that's important at this time to do is to remember to dream. And uh, I can't believe how many people don't dream. Now they may have their list, but it still ends up becoming like, no, like dream, dream the biggest dreams you can dream, dream at night, daydream and stuff like that. So I often tell um, executives, leaders, uh, how I began very early at three and four dreaming that I was one of, there were just all these people, these sick people on the earth I drew, and we all had our hands on each other's heart. And in kindergarten, I announced that's who I was going to be when I grew up. And up kids laughed. Teachers said, put away your crayons. But something happened to me then where my feet felt like they went into the earth. And then, and, and that my head felt like, and I was this little five-year-old. I didn't have language for it, but I wasn't embarrassed. And I think that kind of dreaming, wow. some of recapturing our old dreams, but dreaming new dreams is part of an energy source as well. Because then it, it compels us to move towards that really life-giving dreams mm. rather than spinning out on constantly responding to the negativity. And I'm not talking about denying what is. We need to be present to it so we can be in action. Mm. I think I'm in more radical action than ever. Mm. But it's out of a very much of is this a life-giving force or is it something else? If it's something else, pause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we, you, I really want to be part of the wonderful contributor of the hoop of life that we're all a part of that's going to help serve us and serve future generations of not only two leggeds but the earth itself hmm. what would you say some practical tips so let's say i'm listening i'm saying yeah that sounds good anita um i want to start dreaming again but i just feel like life's been beating me up or gone you know this pandemic or whatever so give us some practical tips on stepping into that a bit more Yes. Well, first of all, you have to decide you want to. Mm. So what one of the things I do uh, is that in the evening before I go to bed, uh, I do this in the morning too. I say, I give my gratitude. I know a lot of people when it's difficult to dream good dreams when you're, if you're in a nightmare, because we don't, we're not trying to help you do nightmare dreams. All right. right. Yeah. None of those. You can read the paper, you can turn the tea. So, yes. but rather dreaming these life-giving dreams. And so start with gratitude and and may not feel like I have a lot, but guess what? My my fingers work. You know, I can see. I'm breathing. I have ma- amazing family members. I'm here with these beautiful, whatever it is. You know, I woke up. Oh, my gosh, another day. Um, whatever. So just starting with that, with the gratitudes, 
And if you have a lot of difficulty, even with that, what I invite you to do to try this is before you go to sleep, invite in any being that provides you safety and wisdom. Hmm. Now I'm smiling when I said that, because I got to see your new little puppy. Mm-hmm. So it might be a dog that you have now or a puppy from your childhood. It might be an, uh relative who's passed that favorite grandparent of yours. It might be uh, the sun. It could be the, a favorite tree, whatever it is. Invite it to be present with you, uh, providing the space for you to dream. And what I find over and over again from people is that it either works right away, like, how did that happen? I haven't been dreaming and I remembered my dreams. Or it takes them a, a little while, but they've been doing that because part of it is making you, is allowing you to feel safe when you start to consciously invite in those beings or things that provide safety and wisdom to you. Hmm. And there's no judgment about that. You don't have to tell anybody if you don't want to, but I'll just say that that energy source of seeing the possibility, seeing some future, what happens in our brain is we begin moving toward that. And that's where you want to use your energy. So, you know, but whatever that is, that's that's a couple of tools. So gratitude and inviting in your ancestors or anyone or anything that provides you safety and wisdom. We all deserve that. And, and it doesn't seem always immediately present. But I think that's a good place to start. That's amazing. I, uh, I'm a gratitude. I'm a big fan of user for a long time, but I've never consciously thought of that. Uh, inviting in any kind of being or ancestor, or even like you see, even a puppy of yours that yes. provides that. And just, uh, I think that's so wonderful. I can only imagine the calming effect and peaceful effect that that puts us into a state and opens up the space to, to dream a bit more. Um, we were talking beforehand before we started the interview, but uh, you, you and I before this about redefining success and how you're noticing a lot of entrepreneurs are doing that, and a lot of executives. And I'd, I'd love to hear your your message on that. Yeah, it's made a really difference in my life because I've always been committed to, as you said earlier, weaving indigenous wisdom, modern science, and and business acumen as well, moving it all together. Mm-hmm. But what I'm finding is that. People are more open, and it may be because of all the reality of the pandemic, the social unrest, Mm -hmm. health disparity, all the things that we're seeing, and the insurity stuff, but people are starting to realize that, all right, I need to be present and and deal with out here, but I'm going to deal better with out here by going inside. Mm -hmm. And so so when they're coming to me, one of the things they're mentioning is that you know, I never would have spent time like this before. I had one guy said, you know, I would just gone out and hired, hired the Harvard person. And I can still do that. But I really want to hire you because you bring this other thing that I feel. And that's what it is. Because I don't usually talk about feelings, but I can feel there's something else. And I said, that is yourself. So we call in that. What, 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 so to mirror that. And so they're redefining success. Success isn't just all this external stuff of how many people I hired and how much profit and all those things are important because you're providing service mm. and hopefully looking at the whole string to both people and the earth and what you do. But it's also success is you fulfilling who, I, who you are, why you're here. And when you go from that place, I'll tell you, it doesn't matter how many challenges there are out here. You just continue to go. The, the resources that come to you that are in you come forward I'm, I'm always amazed when I, when that happens. And yet at the same time that I'm amazed, I go, well, of course, 
because we're breaking down this illusion of success is something that I do and I have to fight for and there's competition, all this stuff, yeah. rather than, hey, you know, the universe is really conspiring on my behalf and I'm part of it, not separate from it. Yes. So if I'm here fulfilling who I am and what I am, then then I have this sense of flow. So even when things are difficult, so I don't mean Buddha, there are times that I've been for several years in one of the, the bus that had no work. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my house. My mm. kids aren't going to get to go call all these different things. And it's like, it didn't happen. Now I did save money beforehand, but it's like, you know, we cut back on things. We did do different kind of things. And then eventually my business started booming back again. But um, so I just would say that it is a good time to redefine success. And for me, success is actually living your purpose, your reason for being. And that's not to send anyone who's listening to, oh my gosh, I'm not sure I know. That's fine. You just, again, start with breath, with dreaming, doing your, doing the inner work, getting help where you need that. Uh, and, and then you'll start coming from this other place. And often what you're doing out here, it's just hidden little ways and, and you'll you'll find it. And that's part of what I do with folks is help them not only to find themselves, but then how to bring all those gifts together to have the most amazing dance yeah. and incredible results, uh, both internally and then externally in terms of what it shows out in the profit, you know. Yeah. So it's it's pretty exciting. But I love that. You're, you, we're all redefining success. So that's the other part is I don't think we... I think people are a little more humble now. Um, our elders, indigenous, I'll always teach, you know, you know, when you do all these things, you get your PhD, you go out and consult, you're all over the world, and you and you go up the mountain, you realize you did all that, not to stay up there, but to go back down and be of service to the people. Mm. And for some people that feels, oh my gosh, I did all this work to go and be of service. But you only realize there is so much fulfillment because in serving others, you are serving yourself. Because that's when we realize what is our, um, if I could just jump to this, Ben, because yeah. it fits with success too. I think it's also a good time to be examining our unexamined assumptions. And so many of the unexamined assumptions that I hear working with people and teams is that everything is separate. This is this is your silo. This is my silo. We do, and everything's separate. And that separateness, that illusion of separateness is part of what prevents us, becomes part of the barriers of us doing the more holistic, amazing, whether it's business or in your home and whatever it is, your dream, that separation. Mm -hmm. So I invite people just as an exercise, how many messages do you get? And where do they come from about you being an individual, separate, alone? And then right next to it, put a line and list all the places where you, both within yourself and outside, where you're getting the message that you're connected, that you're in relationship, hmm. that you do nothing alone. And of course, the first list that I talked about of separate is huge. And then other people are starting to grow their list and realizing, oh my gosh, when I look at it that, that we're one hoop of life, that we have all our similarities and a lot of differences, and we call on all that in the best way, it's, it's amazing. What we, there really is almost nothing that we cannot do. And I just say almost because I'm not, I don't know. I'm staying humble. Or maybe there is, but right now I'm not seeing it. Mm. I think that 
what you just talked about, there is such a great way to, most people have heard the idea we're all connected. There's oneness, one, um, and probably more, I think for a lot of us, a logical understanding than perhaps a intuitive knowing, but as we start to make a list of, okay, these are the, what you just said of where I think I'm separate, but then where you, the connectedness and going back to your point of the breath where without the trees, I mean, we give the trees and the trees give us. And to, I even think this idea of connectedness that we think of someone and then they call us They're the text message right there. Right. Yeah, and, right there. And, and an example like that is just, it's, it's amazing. And one thing um, I'd like to hear your take on this too, but what I've noticed too, is that the more I learn about nature, the more I see that connectedness entirely. I remember watching an episode of um, this one strange rock all about earth. And there's a part in Africa, a desert in Africa that a storm comes, carries it all the way across to the Amazon. And this one section that sediment from Africa is necessary for these plants over here to grow. That's it. See, when you start realizing, and that's where people's lists are going, because, because they are learning like, oh, well, look at this, we're connected. If we even go to the pandemic, here's something that started halfway around the world, if we're talking about the U.S. Right. And then it, it comes, and we know that that narrative, talking and dealing with this is all over the world. Oh my gosh, that, that's an example. And same thing with the storms. And I'm glad you brought up um, the Amazon because mm-hmm. I just got to say, um, you know, once a year, um, I, I'm on the board of the Pachamama Alliance, one of the nonprofits I just totally love. And it's about the permanent preservation of the Amazon and the culture of the peoples there. And it's not just for the people and the thing there, it's for all of us because we know that the Amazon provides 20% of the oxygen all over the world. And now people understand too, every day off the canopy of the Amazon is what we call uh, floating rivers. And those floating rivers affect the weather all over the world. So why would you want to destroy this magnificent place that I get to go to and take people to learn about their own connection to nature, to learn about, a lot of them go there to learn more about what is their purpose and who they are. Uh, in this magnificent rainforest. So you begin to realize, yes, this connectivity, it's even more than connectivity, it's a relationship. And when you said that, if I could diverge just a little, I just had ta- had a conversation with um, an elder from South Africa, from the Kalahari, and Elise Cooper. And uh, at the end, I always ask people, like, what what are you dreaming? What is What is it that you want? all over the world for people. And it's pretty tough what's going on there. And um, she said, Anita, if the two-leggeds, if human beings, my dream is that everybody realizes that we do nothing alone. That's illusion that creates suffering. We do nothing alone. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of energetic power and more that comes from knowing I'm not taking in all this stuff alone. I've got all sorts of help. And if it doesn't look like immediately because you're an entrepreneur and don't have that much cash right now, so you're not hiring a lot of people, just when you're in the quiet space, like what were the dreams of your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors that allow you to be here now? You know, all the different things that are here, the water that we get to drink every day when our bodies are 50 to 65% water. Thank you. That water is life. I need that. And it's provided. So um, 
Yes, that connectivity. When we keep peeling away, we begin to realize. And if I want to say, because it just popped up right now, be sure and say, because I want to honor the business people who finally on that corporate, on that board, that it came into redefining what is a corporation. And to me, that's also redefining what is business. And it's no longer about shareholder only, which has caused great uh, separation and all the, a lot of the inequities, but rather it's about stakeholder. And stakeholder means all of us. Mm. It means all of us, not the people who work there, the people who help finance it, all the earth and all the elements that are used in that, all the rest of us, that it is about, it's about uh, a stakeholder benefit. And that to me is, see, the shift is happening. And then we still have a lot of work to do. But again, if we do the internal work along with doing this outside, they're going to mirror each other and be in alignment where we stop having as many of these unintended horrific consequences because we're just out there uh, reacting rather than really coming from the wisdom that we know will provide and support life. Wow. Incredible. I was, as you were talking there, I was just smiling and I could just feel my own energy just raising. It's uh, it's wonderful. We've been talking bits and pieces of it. Um, you wrote the book, the, the Four Sacred Gifts. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. I'd love to jump into that. I'd love to to jump into them, and 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 I know them as I've researched them a little bit. And so maybe we could start with one, the the first gift. And actually, pr- before we do that, really quickly, tell the story of how this came about. It's a fascinating story. Yes. Well, so um, just like lots of places, they they have different spiritual books or philosophical books that helps form belief systems or how one be is in the world. For many Indigenous people, we have prophecies. And so a prophecy, Eagle Hoop Prophecy, came about in 1994, where a Mohican elder, Don Coyas, had this vision at night, this dream, but it was a vision. And in it, it was beautiful. This, this light came down and touched his head, and in it was a tree, and the tree went through all the four seasons and all the branches and everything, and it fell off in the leaves, and it formed a hoop. And then more light beams came down, and as it touched this hoop, it transformed into these feathers, a hundred eagle feathers. And then he had this sense. I didn't say it was a voice, but that it's, it's time. And we'd call the elders from all over the world to come because the human beings need the gifts. And so he awoke and he went to his community, said what happened. And the elders said, well, you have to do it. And like anybody who's like, well, first of all, how do I get a hundred eagle feathers? And we're just going to call out. But this is where... When you know, when you just know from your heart, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do this. Then that's what happened. Hundred eagle feathers began. Uh, all showed up. They had that fall in in 1994, where 27 elders from around the world, different traditions from every region of the world, uh, came and they prayed and sang and they had this built the hoop with a hundred eagle feathers, and listening to spirit in their different meditation, ceremonies, etc. They put these four gifts in. So I invite you all to listen, as I think, I hope you already have them, listen with the softest part of your ears and expanding heart. As I give to you, I invite you to receive these four gifts. The first gift is the power to forgive the unforgivable. 
power to forgive the unforgivable. Mm. Put the power to forgive the unforgivable into the ceremonial part of your heart and take a deep breath. And the second gift they put in there for all humankind is the gift of the power of healing. We all know that one. The gift of the power of healing. Put that in the ceremonial part of your heart and take a deep breath and exhale. And the third gift they put into the hoop is the gift of the power of unity. Take a deep breath and put that into the ceremonial part of your heart. As you exhale, I invite you to receive the fourth gift, the gift of the power of hope in action. Put the gift of the power of hope into the ceremonial part of your heart. And these four gifts, what Spirit told all these elders is that use these four gifts over and over again, not like one time, not just one of them, use these gifts over, and the human beings will remember. Not that the human beings were wrong or faulty, but will remember how to be in right relationship, healthy relationship with yourself, mm. with other human beings, and with all our relatives, the earth itself. And so I received those when I was volunteering, uh, as I did every year, uh, particularly back then with indigenous youth as they were going into corporate world, helping them understand some of the things that happen in corporate world teachings. But how do you keep your values? How do you keep drawing on your wisdom when you might feel like you're in places whose values are antithetical to yours? Mm. And so um, I have been a messenger of that. And as you mentioned a few years ago, I finally wrote the book and Simon and Schuster picked it up as I'm very grateful and have helped me push it out all over the world. And these gifts are for you, for yeah. all of us, so that we can create harmony and balance again. And it's starting with ourselves and then being able to do that with others as well. Yeah, so great. Um, I want to jump to gift one, the power yes. to forgive the unforgivable. I think that that's probably one of the more challenging ones for us to <laughs> to, to internalize. And and I've heard you talk about it. I want to share it with the audience. Maybe you could begin with what forgiveness isn't and what forgiveness actually is. You got it right. We yeah. always have to start with forgiveness isn't, is okay. not, okay. because it confuses people. So right. people think, you want me to forgive? Well, that was so horrific that you, you want me to forget? Forgiveness doesn't mean you forget. Hmm. Me, that'll mean I'm weak if I forgive when I know I'm so. No, it doesn't mean you're weak. Oh my gosh, that big hurt not only affected me, but was whole groups of people. Forgiveness doesn't mean you're being disloyal. What and forgiveness doesn't mean you don't seek social justice. Forgiveness means that you love yourself enough that you are willing to release. That energy that's caught in what did or did not happen, the pain and suffering, whether it was individual or collective, not to forget, but rather to be present in now so you can use choice and your actions now and your energy to what you want to create. Right. And so that's where earlier I was talking, I think I'm more radical than ever. And that I go into places and work with people that feel like, really? You, and you bring this at my they're human beings. And, and if they don't want what have, I always, it's an invitation. And then I can always leave, you know, but the reality is that 
we deserve forgiveness. Forgiveness is actually the pathway to freedom. Hmm. Forgiveness is the pathway to unconditional love of yourself. People think forgiveness is always about other. It's about yourself. I'm worthy of having all my energy and not having it be caught and spiraling downward somewhere else. I need this now. This I am worthy of this. I'm worthy of that complete love. And then an elder before a COVID uh, at a Sundance came and talked and he was saying, I heard you're the the one of the forgiveness ladies. And I said, yeah, I'm known for that. And then he said, well, I know what you said of what it is, but think about adding this one on your next book. And I said, okay. And he said, Anita, Forgiveness is the passcode to your own divinity. Yeah, breathe that in, everyone who's listening and watching. I know Ben is, because it rang so true for me. And I thought, you're right. The next one I write, it will definitely be in there. But I meanwhile, I will share it with everyone, because that's what we're talking about, forgiveness. So you think, if it was so great and everything, why aren't people doing it anymore? It's because it's not always easy to be able to to draw on your wisdom to realize, wait a minute, I, I'm, I'm going to make some changes here and now. I do diversity, inclusion, and equity work in a large and small businesses and, and coaching and stuff all over the world. So I am definitely haven't let go the pains and hurts that happened to me. And so I, I'm going to go ahead and name that before we go to the other gifts. Yeah. Because sometimes people think, well, you know, this unity, this stuff about forgiveness and love and all this stuff sounds so easy. I want you to, t- to tell you that some of the stuff that's happened recently, like the George Floyd murder, are things that have happened in many of our lives. Mm-hmm. And for me at 13, my father was murdered. And he was, he went into a bar. Uh, he was an alcoholic, but he worked really hard. And after work, he'd always go to the corner bar and have a beer. And that day, unbeknownst to him, a white man and black man, 1967, had an argument. He sat there with his dark skin. And the white man returned and just saw the profile. And he fired three bullets and killed him on the spot. Now, many people will say, how could you forgive that? Well, it wasn't like that, but it did happen. It did happen. And it actually where it got instigated and really moved was my work in the corporate world. Helped me with my healing in my personal life. So these things are, again, separation is an illusion. Right. And, And so if... What I want to say is not at all little, whatever the pain or the unforgiving that might be coming up for you, but I will say it is possible. And I have forgiven that man and his family and, and I asked forgiveness of myself and that actually took longer because when I'm in that state, I wonder what might I have done consciously or unconsciously to create more suffering because I was holding on to that and mm-hmm. all my assumptions of, well, all white people are out to get people of color and all that. It's like, no, wait a minute. A white man murdered my father. And there are systems and structures that are inequitable and that are hurting people. Mm-hmm. I want to put my energy there, but I don't want to lose my energy out. I need my energy here. Right. And so that forgiveness is so worthwhile, Ben, as, as you know. So whoever is feeling something call, don't bear that. Put that in your ceremony part of your heart because you can begin to respond to that. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think that what you said is so true that as you speak about these ideas, 
guaranteed there's people listening. Well, that's easy for you to say, Anita, mm-hmm. and you've got this great life and, and right. And uh, so thank you for sharing that story. Cause I think that's one that almost all of us would have a harder time imagining the idea the, to forgive the unforgivable in that yes. scenario. Right. And, and you have, and you did. And, and I think that for all of us, forgiveness has been a big pathway for me. I've never heard it as the pathway to freedom, but I, as I hear it, yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard it said, everyone, as you're listening, when you think about, you know, generally if we're hanging on to anger or resentment or hatred or whatever it might be, which of course the antidote to that would be forgiveness. Um, but as you hang on to that, because it affects our own energy so much, it's like drinking poison and inspecting the other person, to, but it doesn't affect it. It only affects us, right? Exactly. And, exactly. Yeah. And forgiveness is for the self. Okay. So gift one, the power to forgive the unforgivable. Uh, You talked about gift two, the power of healing. I, if we could briefly touch on this, because I love the idea. I love the idea. Healing is my kids laugh since they were little because they go, you must be the only mom that says it. I'm in the kitchen and I'll go getting ready and getting them off and then going to my work. I would say, Oh, today's another good day to heal. And they're like, I don't think people say that. But it is, it's healing is a gift. And we know four conditions I found uh, present yeah. in lots of different places where I studied healing. There's lots of different methods. So I'm not going to share, yeah. go into that, but yeah. that you have, first of all, you have to listen. Right. Because how do you know something needs healing or is hurt or broken unless you listen? So listen is very important. The second is supportive relationships. So that might be a coach. It might be a uh, uh, uh a therapist, it might be a doctor, it might be nature, it might whatever, but supporting relationship. The mm. third thing is love of self. Again, that unconditional love of self of people, I don't know if I can do that. Yes, it's in you. That's part of your sacredness. That's part of the wisdom that you know is that you are unconditionally loved. That mm. still means you have to be accountable for your behavior when you act in non-sacred ways. But nonetheless, this that's part of you. And then the fourth element present is get in action. So people's going to sit back like, well, I'm ready. Well, you got to get actions like GPS doesn't work unless you move the car. Then they start talking to you. <laughs> right. So, so yes, healing is a really great gift we can use every day. That's so great. So great. Um, can we got a little bit of time and I love this concept. I love hearing you teach on it. Good medicine, bad medicine, and not, not in just the general sense. So we're not talking about necessarily a, a medication you're taking, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about pharmaceuticals. And it doesn't mean you don't keep, keep taking your medicines. I'm not sure. talking about that. Yeah. But what we were taught growing up is that we all have a choice to be either good medicine or bad medicine. Good medicine is anyone or anything that helps put in alignment the spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Mm. Bad medicine is anyone or anything that takes that out of alignment. So that's part of when I go do my healing is like this alignment or I'm just listening and checking out this, is that what's out of alignment here? Because sometimes things show up physical, but it's actual spiritual thing. Sometimes it'll show up spiritually and there's actually something that's already going on in your body that you can catch early. So mm-hmm. that whole thing of good medicine and bad medicine, and we get to choose uh, whether we want to be good or bad medicine. I haven't ever heard anybody say, well, I want to be bad medicine. <laughs> You know, he's like, yeah, I want to yeah. do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's so great the way you said just good medicine being anything that's in alignment, bad medicine, anything that would be out of alignment. And and I think the easiest way for all of us, if you, how, how do I know? Is it alignment? Not, it's the way you feel, 
right? I, I think it's the easiest way. You know, yeah. when zero alignment, something feels right. It feels good. You feel it in the center of your being, core of your chest. And, uh, and when yeah, you don't, body. Yeah, your body tells you, right? Yeah, your, your body, body doesn't lie. Our minds go in circle like journals. Right. Right. So that's where you have to be really cautious. So you're checking with your body, your heart. Not, and then we're knowing that. We're, again, science is finding a lot more about, oh, my gosh, if we just listen more to that, we would be in a very different place. Yeah, wonderful. So the third gift, the power of unity. Yes. And everybody wants you to do so bad. Seeing all this division everywhere that we're talking politics or, and oh gosh, it's just horrible in every single place. And what I will say is that unity, again, if you go through the process, if you just even listen, what's, what are you connected to versus all the stories you told about separation, you begin to sit, wait a minute, I may not be acting in a way that allows unity, but there is unity. And we can make this happen. And I just, I won't get into, there's just so many stories in corporate world that I've seen where the unity has made a huge difference. Um, uh, one of them was um, a, a high tech, I'll just do it quickly, a high tech company mm-hmm. whose product was becoming um, uh, a commodity. And, but they, you, you know, so they knew what can we do? And so it's like, well, you ignite the leadership of your people. And we used a positive psychology, appreciative inquiry, and I wove in the indigenous wisdom. And what we found is that 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 unity, people, when they began to share their stories and what was going on, these artificial silos, well, you're in Europe and I'm here, and you're in Singapore and I'm here. Or, well, wait a minute, you do that, probably do that. But when they started getting excited and sharing stories and interviewing each other across the regions, they went from $25 billion to $29 billion a little over a year in a flat market. And people wow. say, what happened? And now I realize those are big numbers. If you're an entrepreneur, you're not maybe dealing in those numbers, something smaller. But what I'm saying is that when you really take away the barriers to your unity and really look at your assumptions and then work from what your heart is telling you to do, that's what will happen. That power of unity is big. And I, the last thing on that, that, so we can move to the last gift, is unity most people call me in because they want unity. Like, how can you do this? Help us so we're more together and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I will say, I will come in and we, there are things we can start working on unity, but I want to be transparent with you. All these gifts matter. Mm-hmm. And I have found in my own life and leaders have found in their lives, the more forgiveness and healing they do, the more unity they're able to create and be part of. Hmm. Get that? So, yeah. so there's interconnection even between these four gifts. Right. So it doesn't start wherever it is. There's nothing wrong. Whatever you're sensing, start there. But also with the understanding, these four gifts, use them. And you will remember how to create harmony and balance. You will know how to be in right relationship with yourself and others. Yeah. So thanks for letting me say that. Because, yeah, a lot of people want unity. But it's like, yes, and you're going to keep blocking it. You might have a great, but you're going to keep blocking it unless you also do your forgiveness and healing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so amazing. Um, and our last gift, the power of hope in action. Yeah. 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 Hope is an energy source. So if you read now, it's very divided. There are writers who speak about, oh, give up this hope. This hope is just, you know, uh, fancy thinking and, you know, uh, excuse or rationale to do nothing. And well, I don't know. That's what they're finding. The hope I'm talking about, the hope that indigenous people talk about is a hope that is so profound, this energy, this pulls you. As one of my um, uh, 
colleague says, pain pushes till vision pulls. And so what hope is about is the ability, the energy to create a vision of what's possible beyond facts to the contrary here that this is still possible. So the people who dreamt about us going to the moon, the people who dreamt about the internet, the people who dreamt all the different kinds of things, people who dreamt about how was I ever going to get this business off with just this much cash and just an idea. And then it turns into this amazing life-giving business that's helping communities with their services or whatever else, the products that they deliver. So this hope in action is an energy source. And that gets to what we were talking about earlier, dream. Yeah. If you want to keep hope alive, that you, you give yourself that space to dream, to envision, um, to talk with others, to create uh, a collective vision about where we want to go. Uh, that's so powerful when we do that. And, and then... And then just get ready because you're going to be in action. So the thing is, sometimes people, well, I dreamt it, so then it should just happen. Well, I, it appears to some people like it can happen that way. But right. I think given this hoop of life, a lot of other things won't work. But I do know that when we're about being in action with that hope pulling us, that dream, that vision, we're, we're going to get there and probably beyond, especially when we're using the other gifts, the healing, forgiveness, and the unity, we're going to get there and, and beyond. I had big dreams for what I'd be doing, but I never, I didn't realize that some of this other stuff that was happening, I was like, uh, I didn't have that vision. And, right. and they other say, that's because you keep doing your forgiveness and healing. Yeah. So yeah. it keeps opening up. It, isn't it interesting how the more we step into all these gifts and then on the note of the last one, hope and action, beginning with the dream and then that idea, hope in action, part of me, how the universe or God has often mo way more in store for us than we even realize. Yes, and really do. There's no way we could have predicted the circumstances and events that start to come together. And it's, it's just, it really is magical when I think we can get to that place. My wife and I were having a conversation last night and this podcast started as a dream, as all things do, that I was going to do this. And then I was telling her last night, it's been about a year, not quite. And I said, babe, you know, what's amazing is that we're doing it. It's, it's happening. And we just exactly. stepped into it. And then, yeah, my, my wife, totally. There's the model. Thank you, Ben. Thank mm. you, because you're helping me fulfill my purpose, which is to get these messages out, to get these people uh, receiving the invitation to use these gifts. And you have, I know a number of your co my colleagues you've had on, and these are amazing, beautiful people, and people need to hear them. And you're helping, again, another realm to be of service. Mm. And then it comes back to you. That's that reciprocity. It's so wonderful. You know, no one's forgotten in the hope of life. Um, we just need to want to participate. <laughs> so incredible. Anita, it, uh, I love the gifts. I feel you are a gift. I'm so glad that we got together. Um, so happy that we have. I, I do have one kind of closing question, but before I jump into that, um, I know you've got your, your free ebook that you give the four secret gifts. So we'll have a link for that for everybody. So you can check that out. But beyond that though, where, where can people find more of you? Where can they connect with you? Yes. Well, yeah. So they can go to foursacredgifts.com, which you'll have there, mm -hmm. but they can also, if they're interested in the DEI work, I do diversity equity on any of the other things they can go to Sanchez. This is going to sound funny. Sanchez tennis.com tennis, like the game okay. Sanchez tennis.com. Tennis is my partner. Who's my partner in life too, my husband. Amazing. And, um, yes. So I just so appreciate you and everybody who is listening and, just remember, even when the times are difficult or you're feeling like this, it'll come back down, but that you, 
you are far more than our, your circumstances. I am far more than my circumstances. And we need to keep keep that going because we're the one hope of life. And, and we're meant to be, we're meant to be life-giving forces. And we're going to make this great, not only for ourselves, but for our children, our children's children, and other species children. And what a better time to be alive. Amazing. I was going to ask you closing remarks, closing thoughts, and what you want to leave people with, but we're going to leave it with that. That's perfect. Beautiful. Everybody, thanks for tuning in with us today. I know you're thankful you took the time to listen in. And as always, I just, I ask, we don't charge for this, none of that kind of stuff, but share it, share it with more people that need this and send it to one person, send it to two, send it to three, share it on your social media. As you do tag Anita, tag myself. Thank you for being with us today. We love you. Great to have you. And we'll see you soon. Bye.